let's listen to Andrew Whitworth talk about Michael Parsons reaching out to a Super Bowl champion, by the way, and trying to better himself when pass rushing against some of the best tackles in the league. Here's Andrew Whitworth on Michael Parsons. He reached out this offseason and said, man, would you have any interest in coming down where I train and working with me? And just, you know, I, you know, obviously you're going to have D-line coaches. You're going to have things you're going to learn from edge rush guys that you've been around. He's like, but I have the mentality. I want to practice against somebody who's really elite at being my opponent. And I want to get what's that feedback from that person. And what is, why, why would he shoot his hands on this player? Why would he jump me in this scenario? So we watched a lot of tape of situational football, the different drops quarterbacks take and why the tackle takes a certain set or uses his hands a certain way. And, uh, it was really fun. It was it was really uh, igniting for me. I was telling Sean McVay last night when I was coming back. Like, I was full sweat. I feel like I'm coaching out there, just having fun, uh, getting excited, just talking ball, man. I love this game. It's changed my life, and uh, I look forward to seeing how it changes other guys' lives. So to get to be a part of somebody like Micah Parsons' journey and just do something to help him in any way I can, uh, it, was, it was fun for me. Man, when you when you hear people talk about Micah in that manner, we, we know Micah is serious about the game, loves the game. But we see the gritty part of Micah. This is the part we really don't we don't hear about or see about because obviously he's doing it in, in, in private, right? He's doing it with these guys. And it's kind of scary to think that <laughs> this dude can get better. Seriously. I mean, this guy is already a perennial defensive player of the year candidate every single season, in my opinion. And, and I don't even think he's a finished product. Most people who get... 27 sacks in their first two seasons. It's hard to top that. Micah's trying to top that. Micah, I believe, is going to top that because he has that, that ridiculous work ethic to do so. And working with guys like Whitworth, studying the film. Uh, I know a lot of people were concerned because he was in Austin, you know, bulking up or trying to add a little bit more to his body to deal with the defense end situation and not with the players that, I don't want to call it mini camp, but voluntary workouts at this point. Do not be concerned. He is still putting in the work, and he's doing the necessary work to deal with what he has to deal with down there as a defensive end. Speaking of which. So when Micah came out and said that he's full-time defensive end, I kind of rolled my eyes in the sense of, because it made a big deal, not him, but the entire nation. I'm like, well, he was kind of doing that anyway. He was, what, 800 snaps at defense end, 100 and something snaps at linebacker? Okay, I, I, I guess. But then Dan Quinn spoke last week. And, you know, Dan Quinn was very matter of a fact when it came to Micah moving to full time defense end. He said, look, y'all, he's a pass rushing linebacker. He's a pass rushing linebacker. And I love to hear him say he's a pass rushing linebacker. In fact, let's let's go ahead and take a listen, if I can pull it up here. Let's take a listen to uh, Dan Quinn speaking on Michael Parsons, and I'll come back and I'll speak on why I love hearing Dan Quinn say that. Here we go. Uh, let's pull this up, get the audio going. Boom. Yeah, 100%. So he is a pass rushing linebacker. Okay, so if you ever need uh, position changes, come to me, okay? Not through any of the guys, and we can adjust for that. I think what he was probably trying to say is I'm really emphasizing some pass rush uh, into my offseason. He said, look, man, if y'all want to know about position changes, talk to the coach. Talk to me, man. 
Look, I love hearing him say pass rushing linebacker because to because now he can do some of the things I wanted him to do, and that's still move around, right? Uh, disguise where he's coming from from a blitz standpoint. Maybe maybe he's just doing regular run things at linebacker. Uh, but but I love that about Micah. He's a chess piece. He doesn't have to be in one spot, although he played so many snaps at defense end. So while he may not be full-time defense end, he's still going to be most of the time defense end, hence why he's trying to build up that armor to deal with those guys. But at least Dan Quinn is not shutting the door on him doing some linebacker things from time to time. Maybe it's gamesmanship. Maybe it's, well, we don't want the rest of the league to know that Michael Parsons is going to be full-time defense end. And that could be could be the case. But I appreciate Dan Quinn kind of saying, oh, slow down, player. <laughs> yeah, you're not full-time defense end. You're a pass-rushing linebacker. So he'll still come out, get 800 snaps defense line, 100 probably snaps at linebacker. And, and they'll try to probably slow that down as saying defense end. But, but that's what he really, really is. Um, maybe the responsibilities will change this year. We, we showed the, the Floyd clip where, you know, the interior guys, I think, are going to have a little bit, a slightly different responsibility than some of the pass rushing defense ends. Maybe some of those run stopping DEs, the, the Goldstons of the world, the, I almost said, yeah, Fehoko. The Fehokos of the world, maybe they'll have the similar uh, type of responsibilities, but I don't think that the Micahs and, and, and the the Dante Fowlers, the Dorrances, I don't think those guys will change up too much. I think it'll be the interior. But pass rushing linebacker is what Coach Dan Quinn is calling him. And he said some other things here, but I'm going to get into the chat and get into the lines and see what you guys are talking about. By the way, if you do want to call in, you can, 351-999-3787 is the call-in line. Hotspot says he has to be DE because he's not a true linebacker or a true DE. Well, he didn't say that last part. I said the last part. But he's not neither. You know, he's not true linebacker. He's not true defensive end. He's one of one. He's a guy that I think can be elite at either one if you decided to leave him at either one. Uh, But because of his uniqueness as as a skilled uh, defensive player, he can do multiple things. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see exactly where they what they do with him this year. Which look, man, I thought about this. I even almost reached out to his brother on Twitter and was like, "Look," because he mentioned the money situation. We at first thought it's like, "Yeah, man," being registered as a defensive end will impact the money. Sure. But really, it only impacts the money if he's tagged. That's it. Whether this dude is classified as a defensive end, as a linebacker, as a water boy, he's getting the bag. Period. Michael Parsons is going to be the highest paid defensive player in the National Football League when it's his time to get paid. So I don't think it matters if he's designated as a defensive end or a linebacker. It only matters if he gets tagged. Because if he gets tagged, then that tag will go towards the top 10% of, uh, or 5%, I think it is, of that specific position. Other than that, it doesn't matter because he's going to get paid and he's going to get paid the most money on the defensive side of the ball in the history of this league. So once I thought th- start thinking about it a little bit more, the whole, oh, well, he wants to be DE because of the money thing only matters if he gets tagged, in my opinion. That's it. True, truly, Waterboy is his nickname. 
But <laughs> but y'all know what I'm saying, right? Like he could he could designate himself as a nose tackle. He'll be the highest paid defensive player at nose tackle in the history of the league. No matter where he designate himself, he's going to be the highest paid player at that position. Is kind of what I'm getting at. The guru said, when is he off ball linebacking? He he did it a few times last year. He he had a game, uh, first game of the year, he played like 20-some snaps there. The Green Bay Packers game, he was there a, a good handful of times. Not a lot. That's why you saw, you know, seven or 800 snaps at defensive line, only 100 or something at, at linebacker. He's not going to play a whole bunch of off ball stuff. But at least he is versatile enough to be able to do that. And the Cowboys, I think, are deep enough at, on the defensive line uh, to be able to kind of move him around from time to time. I, I'm always down for him being a chess piece. I don't want him being designated in one spot and teams are able to get a grip on what to do with him. Continue to move him around. That's kind of how I look at it. Let's, uh, I, I'm not really sure what the, where this number is from, so pardon me, uh, 804, because it doesn't say 804 in the front. Welcome to the show, 804. Good morning. Hello. You are live. Hey, what's up, Sky? This Hi. is Marcus. What's up, Marcus? Marcus with a K. I'm, I'm straight out of Japan, man. I called you a while uh, back, man. That's why. That's why. What's up, Jamarcus? Uh, or, or Marcus, right? Not Jim Marcus. Marcus. Yeah, Marcus with a K. Marcus. See, Marcus see, the, the. No C. No C. The number, the number confused me, but you're all the way out of Japan, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now it's like 11, it's 11.02, 11.02 Monday night, 11.02 p.m. Sheesh. <laughs> That's interesting. It's interesting, the time disparity hey. there, man. Hey, man, you you and Vox, you guys, y'all, y'all, y'all get me through, man, because when I literally wake up, I'm waking up with you. Waking up with your show. Of course, I don't get to see it live. Right. But I wake up and I listen to your show, man. It's just like you know, it just it gets me, gets me, gets me going, gets me, gets me at the gym, and then you know, I get my morning, my morning fix from the Cowboys. Appreciate. Just you. wanted to uh, tell you got tell you that you, uh, I love y'all show, man. And like I said, I met you guys through. I I, I called on to you from uh, Jesse Holly. And then, like I said, remember, well, you don't remember, but um, I saw y'all at live. I saw y'all at live on the Philadelphia game last year. No, no, no. I remember remember when we met you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just want to say, man, okay, and then I'm 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 going to close it. I'm still a little – I like everything that we did in free agency. I like what we did in the draft, but I'm still scared. I'm still scared with that left guard. And I just think, and you know, just hearing, and I know you said, you said that, hey, um, you know, we got a gaping hole, but we gotta, we gotta trust every, we gotta trust, we gotta trust the guys there. But I feel like we doing the whole 2018 receiver back committee, and then it just all fell flat. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I Man, it's not a bad comparison, right? Because they don't have the starter there and, and they're trying to figure it out what kind of backups, essentially. Unless their mm-hmm. starter is is Tyler Smith. That changes the conversation a little bit. Now it's, it's more or less about the guard spot and more so about the, the left tackle spot in regards to trusting him to be there. Um, So, it's, it's look, I'm not mad at the comparison, but 
the position at receiver, you needed more than one player. Right? Like you you needed more than one starter. And guard, you only need a guy to let's be honest, you just need him to be good enough. I don't I don't need a number one wide receiver at guard. Does that make sense? Where in 2018, yeah, yeah, I got you. brother, you didn't have a number one. You didn't have a number two. You didn't even have a number. Okay, you had a three. You you had Beasley. You had Beasley in the slot. Yeah. But you were so deficient at that position, man, that it, the other guys around them couldn't make it better. Whereas on the offensive line, listen, I'm with you. The guard position is worrisome. But if they can find somebody that's good enough, the Tyler Biotishes, the Tyler Smith, the Tyron Smith, the Terrence Steele, the Zach Martin, the play calling, the quarterback, like those things should be able to help mitigate your one really, honestly, one weakness on that offensive line if everybody is healthy or if if Tyler Smith is left tackle and, and whoever it is is at left guard. So you're right. It, it feels committee-ish, but I think there's enough to be able to mitigate it if it's if it's if they hit, meaning if they find a guy that's good enough, or if the scheme it helps mitigate them, or if the quarterback slash running back tandem, you know, they're able to be okay without it. Because you know, Connor McGovern, Connor Williams, they weren't the greatest, and, and the Cowboys right, still had right, pretty right, decent but offense. But right now, you don't have a Connor McGovern that's, or a Connor Williams. That that's is the true. Problem. That is true. Absolutely. And, man. and we're relying, and we're relying on we're relying on. The two eleven and whatever it is four guy, <laughs> the the lottery number guy. Tyron, and, yeah, and, two and eleven and four. Yep, yep, yep. We're relying on we're relying on that guy. So 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 that's that that that's that's troublesome, man. That's hey, troublesome. you it, it, that's real what you're saying, man. I, I just try to you know as we're talking this out, I 100 percent agree with you in the sense of it's, it's worrisome, but just like I did with the caller before who wasn't worried about it. I gave him the other side to it. I said, okay, you know, this is true in the sense of, hey, we, we can maybe mitigate it, but here's the reason why people are concerned. And it's so interesting that you called in because you're the other side, right? You are concerned. And I think it's valid reasons yeah. to be concerned until we see uh, that left guard. Maybe it's Edoja. Maybe maybe it's uh, Forniak. He steps up this year. Maybe Boston. We, we don't know, right? But what we do right. know, here's what we do know. The unknown is there at left guard. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a damn fact. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. Hey, well, look, man, I, I'm I'm gonna try to call. I'm gonna try to call in the uh, you and Vasha show because so your show your show is is serious, but it seems like Vox just brings up because he's a <laughs> fool. He brings out the fool in everybody. Y'all. I love y'all <laughs> too, man. I mean, appreciate it, it, man. It's amazing. Yeah, the, this is what makes the community Thanks. so so dope, right? Is that we got different deliveries in our shows and, and, and just different fields and everybody. That's why I believe we could legitimately be a network talking about the Cowboys all damn day. And the, the, the way you get it is different, man. Uh, I deliver it differently yeah. solo than I may deliver it with a guest or I may deliver it as a co-host or uh, what have you. And, and it's just I try to make it fun, fresh, but informative no matter where I'm at. So appreciate that, man. All right, man. Y'all take it easy, man. Hold it down. Yes, sir. Salute. Good call, man. Good call. D shift. I see you here, man. That's that's another one. It could be Terrence too. Like, you know, they, they brought that up over in the offseason. Not not that I agree. Not that I agree, but he also could be an option. It's which is really weird. They would go. They would forego Terrence playing a position that he's, in my opinion, 
ascended himself to one of the better right tackles in the league to say, we're going to try you at a completely different position that you've never played in the NFL. Yeah. Don't like it. But let's, let's flip the script a little bit. Let's go back to DQ. Um, and then we'll get back to the lines. The lines starting to pick up. But I want to finish this DQ, this DQ thing before we go full-blown into the lines. And one of the things that Dan Quinn talked about, and I absolutely loved his answer, he talked about football and, and potentially becoming positionless. They asked Dan Quinn, hey, man, is, is football becoming positionless? Because if you look at our draft, if I have it here, one of the themes of this draft we talked about was versatility. Right. Versatility was the number one thing that immediately popped in my head as soon as the draft ended. And a lot of that versatility is mostly defensively. And so they asked him, is it becoming positionless? And uh, this is what Dan Quinn had to say about it. Is football going to a different, becoming positionless? In some I think way? in some spaces it will be. I don't think we're going to see any corners playing nose tackle. <laughs> I don't think, you know, there's some things that won't. But I think for the amount of space plays that we have, a receiver that can be a runner, a runner can be a receiver, a tight end that can be a receiver, a DN that can play backer, a safety that can play nickel, those perimeter type of people, I think, is changing that way. And certainly we're seeing that in college. I don't know how many um, – Defensive ends were drafted compared to linebackers. Will would know that, but I think a lot of players are coming in. They, this guy's fast, he's athletic, get him on the field. And sometimes you're seeing a guy who might have traditionally been a linebacker in the past, but is using his speed and his athleticism to go play. So I want to just try to incorporate that as often as and we can. Over. And as you're about to hear, as he's explaining that, the whole time in my head, I'm like, I mean, he's talking about overshone, ain't he? Then he, I'm glad that somebody down there thought the same thing because Sean fit into that mix he does. and all of those. Yep, roles. he definitely does. And uh, so going through the Talk process, we even tagged people we thought would have, you know, dual roles. That doesn't mean all of them will, but I do want to start that development. And sometimes it may be a whole year away to say what would that look like behind the scenes, training in something, training in something, and then going. I think an example of that last year for our team was Bland where he played outside early and behind the scenes, we were working him at nickel. And then um, when Jordan got injured, he was ready for that space to go in and play well when that happened. But he was always behind the scenes kind of doing it. You don't want to have somebody do something for the first time in game week. Because then it could be difficult. They didn't know all the ins and outs and where the, the problems are um, in a down. I mean, I absolutely loved his answer right there. Um, he went into detail, a lot of detail. And it really, this whole entire interview was very detailed. And we'll get to another part that I love, too. Uh, but but the, the bland example, chef's kiss. Perfect. Uh, you could even include Israel McQuamu in that. Now, I know he had a little bit of, of experience playing in the slot uh, last year prior to the playoffs. But that's another guy that they were probably working behind the scenes to handle more slot duty things. He, he plays significantly more snaps in the slot in the playoffs than he did in the regular season because they kind of were working on that, quote-unquote, cross-training. Defensively, they were cross-training these guys. Um, but, man, it just goes to show you the, the detail that Dan Quinn puts into this thing, the, the foresight that he has into this thing, and it paid off huge, hugely, with uh, Deron Bland having doing some slot corner things behind the scenes but wasn't necessarily doing that 
uh, right away uh, on, on the on the field until until Jordan Lewis went down. And once you saw him go down, he stepped in right away and just looked comfortable. And you'll see here in this next part, we're going we're to talk about the ability to, to play fast, the ability to, to not think as much. A lot of that is about the preparation. A lot of that is, is about being able to go out there and be confident. And doing some of these cross-training things uh, works out. Now, not for everyone. It's, it's not always for everybody. And at this point in time in a rookie training camp, it's about seeing can these guys handle it. Are they great at, at or good at this and that at the same time, or are they not? Because if they're not, then we're not going to put that on their plate. And that's something that Dan Quinn also talked about. Specifically, he mentioned Isaiah Lamb. Uh, you know, he he was one of the, the more sought-after pass rushers in the undrafted free agent market. And we know he's a fantastic pass rusher. However, he's slight. He's small. He only goes about 230-something. And they wanted to see him do some linebacker things. And they had him working uh, doing some linebacker things, but he emphasized development in doing those type of things. And, and I kind of want to listen to that as well. So here's Dan Quinn uh, talking more about doing dual things and, and, and relying on development. There's no timeline on that. Like development takes time. Uh, you're not going to, you know, get there in one day or two days. Like, we're going to be in this for the long haul to see what they can do. And not every person that you train at two spots works out that way. It's okay. That didn't work. Let's go back and, and get good at something. So I'm pretty cognizant of that. I don't want a player to play slowly because they're overthinking. My job is to make them play fast and clean where they can go run and they can go hit. They can do what coach? One more time. There it is. You, you, and this is what I love about hearing him say that, besides of the, is that McCarthy said something very similar. He said something very similar. And his was a pow, pow. It's kind of a shot at, at, at Kellen Moore, where he said, look, man, I don't want these guys out here thinking too much because they can't play fast. They, they cannot play fast. And defensively, you're already at a disadvantage because you don't know where they're going defensively. Or as a defender, you don't know where the offense is going before the play. So we we don't need you out there thinking too much. So if if Land or Overshone or, or whomever can't handle the dual responsibilities right now, that's something they'll look towards the future. Um, and and I love that. There, there's a plan here. There's a concise plan here, and there's a plan that I trust with a guy like Dan Quinn. It, it may not always work out, but it, it it's kind of the opposite, the inverse of of the other guy that's no, no longer here. What is the plan? What, do, do you have a plan for said player? It never seemed like he had a plan for any of these specialty type of players. Dan Quinn will. It may not work out, but he's going to find out if it does. That's for damn sure. So I love to hear that these guys are on the same page. And maybe my, my favorite quote of this whole thing was when they were talking about Overshone and, and, and him getting there. He kind of ventured off into one of the things he loved to see out here was the communication. And he got into detail about communication. When you hear, when you think communication as a fan, you think, all right, just just talking, right? Just communicating. And if the play doesn't execute well, uh, they just didn't execute well. Well, Dan Quinn said, no, sometimes when we are making them do these things over and over again, it's because they're not communicating enough or they don't know how. And I'll let him explain it. And I'm going to tell you why I believe that specific skill, we're going to call it a skill, 
could be a reason why certain players just didn't see the field as much last year. So here's Dan Quinn on the importance of communicating early on. Uh, what I found out today, what I was really happy with is the communication piece, you know, of being inside and directing things. So whether, you know, you're at safety or a backer, just having that ability to communicate and talk to the guys, that's so important. The best of the best defenses, they talk. And so if you saw us repeat a play, it might have not been due to the execution. It was due to the communication, that it wasn't loud enough or strong enough. So that's part of, like, you know, the teaching of them to go the term I would say is they're grown but they're not grown-ups like they don't communicate and say it in the way that we need to yet but we'll get them to that spot they grown but they ain't grown-ups man I, I I just absolutely love hearing him get into detail about that because I didn't think of it that way right like look the communication aspect is so key in what we do defensively because if you if you're not where we need you to be it ain't going to work. And I was thinking as he was saying that, I wonder if that's why you didn't see some of these young guys get that opportunity. I wonder if that's why you saw some other young guys like Damone Clark, uh, for instance, who was fine when the veterans were there. But when Barr went down, when, when, when LVE went down, you saw him thinking. You saw him not playing as fast or some plays you see him shoot the gap or play fast because he didn't have to think as much. Um, and I wonder if it's because they didn't trust those guys with communication. Now, all last year, you heard me on this show say, my theory was I just don't trust the young guys. I didn't know why. I didn't know what the specific thing was. I didn't trust them. I'm wondering if it was the communication aspect. Yeah, you can go out there and you can run around. You can play. But I need you to make sure that Ghosting is in the right gap. Or I need you to make sure that the slot corner knows that, hey, if you blitz, I got you back here for the hook. Or whatever the assignment is, I need you to communicate that thoroughly i need you to do it right because if you don't well we'll be in trouble so you know that's something that you know I, I would love to get into more detail about with him like hey man did we not see some of these young guys play because they just didn't communicate well enough to gain your trust i knew they didn't gain their trust but why didn't they gain your trust i wonder if it's communication i wonder if it's communication so that's dan quinn uh, who spoke yesterday i'm sorry he spoke last week Fossil also spoke, and, and, and Brian Schottenheimer spoke for the first time, so that was interesting to hear Shotty speak. Uh, I wish they would have been a little bit more detailed in, in Shotty, but I get it. it was their first time talking to him publicly like that, so a lot of it was, hey, you know, you know Mike McCarthy background, you know, da-da-da. But they did ask him about certain levels of the offense, and, and I kind of want to save that for a different show during the week. Uh, but it was nice to hear from him. He, <laughs> y'all know how last year we kind of was like rolling our eyes whenever we heard Kellen talk. Shadi is way more sure of himself. Shadi, and of course, he's 50-something years old. He's been around the league. This is a guy that will coach that damn offense. He will coach these players. I don't see a guy that's just going to, am I saying that Kellen was a walkover? But, you know? Right, like, like like Brian Schottenheimer's been around. You you could argue his resume is not the greatest or whatever, but 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 Shotty knows how to get to these players. And he's confident in what he's going to be teaching. Now the role was different, and we'll talk about that because he talked about it another day, but it was refreshing to hear him and refreshing to hear uh his demeanor, how he spoke, his mannerisms. It was it was I could listen to him and, and get behind that. The other dude, 
you know, I'm going to just leave it at that. So uh, we'll hear from Schottenheimer later. We'll hear hear from uh, Fossil as well. Let's get back into the phone lines and uh, into this chat. Let's talk to uh, D. Schiff. What's good, man? Good morning, good brother. What's goody, man? Not much, brother. Uh, I was just kind of listening to you talking about uh, Damone Clark. That was kind of one of the things that popped out um, when you are talking about him playing. I hear that he's having a, a pretty good offseason working out with Leighton Vanderesh. Um, so, so I was wondering, like, with the addition, like maybe with him playing a little faster, um, I was listening to Michael Gilkin, uh, an interview he was doing about a month ago before the draft, and he had talked about, you know, they were talking about all the positions they were looking at, and he was bringing up that interior. At the time, we had not resigned Hankins. Um, he was talking about that being a position where they were were, were going to try to address, and you know, Lord and behold, they they go yeah. out and get Mozzie. Yeah. Um, and it's you know this is before the draft, and so um, I've been kind of paying attention. Uh, the guy, uh, my my guy, uh, boss cowboy. I was listening to him, and you know he was kind of going over. You know he's a tea leaves kind of guy, and he was talking about just kind of things Gilkin kind of throws out. So first and foremost, uh, do you think these additions will kind of first, like, you know, help this run defense? Um, do, do we see the, the the more of an emphasis on wanting to stop the run so they can start pushing people to do more uh, more passing and we can have opportunity to, to pin those ears back? And uh, also, man, uh, what I was, you know, I made a comment about Terrence Steele, and I'm pretty convinced. You know, just just off of what Gilkin did with the Mozzie thing, and in that same interview, you know, they were, um, I think it was uh, Bobby, Bobby Belt. He was asking him about just you know the the left tackle, right tackle, the shuffling the offensive line yeah. in general, and uh, he he proposed a couple of different combinations, and Gil was like, well, I don't think any of that, you know, because if you give a guy like Tyron the type of money or his contract is based off of him playing. He was talking about him moving to right tackle, and uh, Gelkin just had an interview a couple of days ago where he started kind of doubling down on the fact that Terrence still will most likely play that left guard. You know, this is all you know until Tyron. I mean, hope man, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't like to play with Tyron like that. But the same token, like yeah. it's Tyron, you know. Um, so, what, what what can we like read into these things, or uh, just just kind of you know for just moving forward. Let's start backwards. Um, I, I'm going to go with what McClay said and what Solari said. This is a, essentially a puzzle that we're still piecing together. So I don't think we can really rule out anything, you know, because there is not a for sure fire left guard except for Tyler Smith. And he's a tackle, right? He plays tackle. But if they really, right. really wanted to, they, they could they could put him at left guard and end this whole discussion. But it's clearly not something that they're trying to do. Because you hear Jerry Jones come out and mention uh, tackle flex for for Terrence Steele, and then you hear Mike McCarthy say, "Oh yeah, we'll look at Tyler's Terrence Steele at left guard." Then you hear Will McClay say, "Well, it's a puzzle piece we're putting together." And Mike Solari, same thing. Look, we'll figure this out when we get down there. Don't be surprised, all right, y'all, when we see some random dude or or, or Terrence Steele could be that random dude getting left tack, left guard snaps. They're going to try probably everything. I personally think, y'all already know how I feel, 
that if you want the best five out there, the best five is, is Tyler at guard at this specific moment. Um, but I think they're kind of in a pickle where, yeah, that's an option. Maybe their last option. But I, I feel like they really want to put Ty. That's a Tyree meant Tyler. They really want to put Tyler Smith at left tackle and just leave him there. I feel like they really want to do that, but only if they got an answer at left guard. So I don't know how much there is to read into, hey, we're going to figure this thing out because that's what it really is to me. They're going to figure it out, D-shift at camp and, and mini camps. And, and then as we get closer, right, preseason, preseason, and, and when they go travel to, I don't know, Denver or, or L.A. to do these scrimmages, that's when we really need to put the binoculars on it and, and pay close attention. Who's getting the most reps here? Who's getting the first team reps? Because then that will tell us, all right, this is what's going to happen in week one. But right now, it's a big puzzle. Mm. Okay. And uh, just just a, uh, a little fun wrestling question, man. <laughs> um, if you and Vox, if y'all are Usos, who will be y'all solo? Ooh, solo Sequoia. Who would y'all... Uh-huh. That's a good one. Who would be our solo? Like, like from the, from the round table, I was I would probably say Koye. I uh, probably cause look, cause look, if anything pop off, I know we could send the Koye to go dead. Any 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 Eagles battle, any debate, like a Koye, he been around for a minute. He, he he know he know how to debate. He know how to shut ish down. I would say a Koye. Yeah yeah. That's a good one, man. Yeah, he coming with the Samoan spike for sure. He coming with the Samoan. <laughs> he coming with the smoke. The the Philly Samoan spike. <laughs> yeah, Shout yeah, out to Okoye, yeah, yeah. man. He he got something special lined That's up. Fair. We got an inter- I got an interview with him. We gonna do uh, this best, week, man. Y'all take it easy, bro. Appreciate you, big dog. That's a good one. Yes, sir. If anybody is familiar with the WWE, who who would be watching eyes solo? I I got Okoye. Uh, his first question, though, D. Schiff, I didn't get a chance to answer with him, was uh, are we putting more emphasis on the de- run defense? 100%. 100%. Um, you could just say by bringing back Jonathan Hankins that, that there was going to be more emphasis. But then they compound that with getting Mozzie Smith, right? And compound that with Coach Floyd saying, hey, we're going to do more things on the interior to help against the run. There's there's definitely a more emphasis on the run. And McCarthy said it before, you know, pass rushing's a privilege. Pass rushing's a privilege. And um, the Cowboys, if they want to be one of them ones, usually, if you're one of them ones, you're a team that teams can't run on. Not in stints, not Oh well, they played well a few games in the playoffs, which they which they did. They, they they absolutely played really well in the in the playoffs against the run, but they didn't have enough horses to be dominant throughout the season. I think they realized that, so they went out and and, and added to a Jonathan Hankins. Let's see if we got some answers here. We got too many of them. Let's get a uh, landlord from Alabama. What's good, landlord? What's happening with the sky? You doing all right, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm energized for this Monday show. Yes, sir, man. I was listening to uh, Mr. Brian Brian Schoenheim, and he said one key word that got me, I'm already pleased and pumped for the season. He said he was talking about um, strategies and, and families of plays. 
families of plays, guy. That's that's like that Something signifies yeah. a scheme. Yeah, it signifies a scheme. Cause I thought about I'm like Kellen Moore plays was not related at all. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, he said they the, wasn't related. Another, they was ops. Another word, uh, landlord. <laughs> he, he said build, right? Like, and I get he was mostly talking about like building throughout the season or, or throughout the you know their their um, I guess their process throughout this uh, off season. But he also low key was talking about within their game planning and within their and within their plays. And I get it. That's probably everybody builds. But I, I truly believe that they will be dribbling with a purpose in what they do. Man, you said it too, and I heard the confidence and how sure of himself he was too. Like that's the type of guy you want them, that that men don't mind following. Like you, you can't be questioning yourself, you know, whispering and stuttering and stuff when you up here on the microphone. So Schottenheimer got that 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 presence that yeah. people want to follow though. So yeah. you said that too, and he's been around the block, of course. His pops, him and his pops, probably making up schemes and plays at the dinner table. So this type of guy we need, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, look, some, sometimes just a different voice, um, no matter you know who that voice is, could could help. But fortunately for Schottenheimer, he's been around the block. He's he's helped a guy like a Russell Wilson. I don't think pe- I don't think you can just you know scoff at that. By the way, a lot of people like to look at what he did with the Rams or some other team, but what he did with Russ, I think, is huge. And what he could potentially do with this, uh, with this upcoming team and Cowboys and Dak Prescott, but he'll be in a different role. So, so this will be new. We don't really have an experience in in him being the designer and then McCarthy being the play caller. But I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like there's a comfortable comfortability level between the two that they're able to do this with no problems, man. Yeah, because they they they've been working together for so long, so they on the same page, they on the same accord. It's not this tug of war battle that was going on with him and Kelly Moore. You see what I'm saying? We're gonna be much better with that alone. Yeah. So I just thought that keyword family of plays, that's gonna be huge for us, man. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah, that's gonna it. be huge for us. And I this one last thing I was about to say, uh, it, it it speaks to having an identity. You see what I'm saying? Because if they don't if we don't have an identity, when you're back against the wall, you be struggling for real, then you need something that you can hang your hat on and always resort back to when when it's when you in a pickle. You know what I'm saying? Like you like, oh, we we need this play. We don't yep. have we the game been going rough. Yep. Let me go back to what I do. We never had nothing to refer back to. Like I said, he spoke to a family of plays. Killing more plays was they all ops. They was they was not related at all. It was a mixed bag, and I just thought that was huge. Yeah, and, and we know that that well. We assume, but but I believe this. Uh, I think the identity will be establishing the run. I don't I don't want to go too far and stamp that, but it feels like it's going to be to either establish the run or b establish it to, to establish the short game to the point where you're, the linebackers and safeties have to think about what's happening in front of them. Because what I don't want to do yeah. is is assume that we're going to just be a 35 to 40 run per game team. I think we are going to see more a run determination when the Cowboys have a lead, when they're backed up, or, or when it makes sense, right? Situational football. But I don't want to rule out swing passes and checkdowns being a part, the short pass game screens being a part of the quote-unquote run game. 
Um, I know it's not necessarily the physical aspect of just running down, you know what I mean, running on somebody and bowling somebody over, but it'll also attract those safeties, attract those linebackers, make those defensive ends think, and then boom, play action, and now you got to play deep or intermediate that could go long. So I I think they're going to emphasize that short game and run game to set up the bigger plays this year. Just to piggyback on what you said, I think that's a great analysis because if you look at the skill set of the, the running backs that we have, that's exactly what it seems like they want to do, right? The mm-hmm. swing pass, the long handoffs. Look at Tony Pollard. Look at Deuce Vaughn. Like, that's their skill set. Yeah. So I think that was a good analysis, man. You you on the song with that because the long handoffs could be considered the run game, these little swing passes and screens and stuff like that. Could you imagine us having a screen back, game back, Scott? I, I've, <laughs> been, be I've been waiting for it since 2017. I've been waiting for it. That'll be crazy, man. But I appreciate you taking my call, bro. Always, man. Make sure you check out Landlord from Alabama. You going to be in the trap house later on? Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. Hit him up. Landlord from Alabama on all handers. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate you, Scott. Yes, sir. Salute. All right, we got a couple more, but before I uh, get into to y'all, I'm going to take a, I don't want to say a break. That's not what we're going to call it. We're not going to call this call this a break. Uh, I want to get to the schedule. So we're, what we're not going to do today, hold on, hold on, one second, let me see, let me see. On the fly, building a plane while we in the air right now. What time is it? 9.35? I'm going to save it. I'm going to actually save this. I'm going to save this and we'll do it for tomorrow. Um, I was going to do some scheduling things, but we'll do it for tomorrow. We'll continue to, to talk about this uh, situation we got going on today with Dan Quinn and Shoddy. We'll just throw Shoddy in here since that's where we're at. But we'll save the schedule for tomorrow. Uh, let's go ahead and get to Reek on the horns. What's good, Reek? Hey, what's going on, Scott? Cool, man. Cool, man. What's going on, Cowboy? Scott? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, I like the fact that. They're putting, they build it, they're building, they're putting the uh the right, pieces together. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm okay, cool. okay, okay, okay. I, I hear the boys in the nah, back. Yeah, that's the Nah, that's the avalanche. It's the avalanche. I'm good. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Man. Um, other than that, this is my thing with this team, man. I'm not panicking right now about this offensive line because, like I said before, we still have the second wave of free agency coming up. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to give their guys that they have on this team every opportunity to uh, make this offensive line good. But at the same time, too, I, I do believe if we go into the season and they feel like it's a big a big void there, I think they might mess around, pick up the phone, uh, and call somebody oh, and yeah. go get go get a lineman oh, for, yeah. for this team. Yeah. So yeah, um, We talked about that last week, right, where – if you go look at the history with, with Mike McCarthy here, it seems like their process is, okay, let's see what these young bucks got. We'll get to mini camps. We'll get to uh rookie mini camp, whatever. Let's see what these bucks got. And then once training camp gets here, they're signing dudes. They're signing the, uh, who was it? Everson Griffin. They signed Malik Hooker. Uh, last year was Jason mm-hmm. Peters late, but, but Anthony Barr as well. It very well could be yeah. that. They, they could say, all right, we, we, we got to look at Josh Ball. We don't like it. We got to look at... Edoja, uh, we like him, but we like him as a backup. Uh, we got to look at Austin Richards. Uh, we love where he could potentially be, but we're not trusting it now. And they could just pull the 
pull the trigger on signing a veteran. So I don't think that's out the question the question either, bro. Definitely. And, and as far as the the running backs go, as far as this running game go, I, I think we shouldn't rule out uh the third string running back from uh Florida from last year. Malik uh, that we yeah. have on this team. Yeah. I like him. I like I like his run style, man. Uh and I think I think he's gonna be a big part of the offense too. Big uh yeah, I think so too. Um I say this like real. I was saying I say this about, about Malik Davis. Uh if they decide to not go fullback, he he'll probably be the one him or Ronald Jones will probably be the ones that, that get the axe. Uh if they don't decide to roll with the fullback, I think all four of those running backs make the team. Yeah, I would get mad if they I'll get upset if they uh cut him though. I like I like his running style, and I, I think he was uh, I think he was, he was slighted last year in the playoffs because I really believe he could have gotten the playoffs and probably did something to help out the team when uh, Pollard Pollard went down, and I, and I really believe that's that was on Kellen Moore because there's no way in heck that I'm that uh, Mike McCarthy is going to not let that running back get on the field, especially at that time. Yeah, it, that was the dumbest shit I ever saw in my life in a playoff game. Uh, yeah. And I, and I and I really believe he's going to work hard enough to make sure he gets on this team this year. So uh, I'm I'm all for it, man. Uh, I think we got a we got a good uh, we got a good thing going, and I, I like the fact that we got a a, a a good coach and a good OC that's going to get put their foot in Dak behind when Dak out there uh, messing up a little bit, and not that buddy buddy bullshit from the last couple of years. No, nobody saying nothing to Dak or getting upset and saying something to this dude. When when he's uh, doing bonehead plays out here, I need a coach that can talk nice. to this cat, get him back refocus, get him back refocus, and go back out there and win the game. Because that's what I care about the most. I don't care about the stats. I care about wins. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all no, I want to see. There's no roommate as my coach anymore. Um, I think we said this last week. Schottenheimer has no ties to Dak Prescott. He respects Dak Prescott, but but he's going to coach him, right? That's what I was saying earlier was that I think Schottenheimer is mm-hmm. going to be able to coach Dak Prescott into doing the things that, you know, they believe is best for this specific scheme. And they're not going to get rid of everything that that the coach Moore did. They're not going to get rid of it all. But from a coaching standpoint, no, no, there were some good things that they had there. But from a coaching standpoint, uh, I, I think he'll be able to get the best out of them. I think McCarthy – from a play caller standpoint, we'll be able to get the best out of him. And then when he makes his mistakes or what have you, or mistakes are going to happen. So I don't want to be like, oh, he makes a mistake. You're getting on him. But when, when things are continuing to happen, right, in regards mm-hmm. to the miscommunication, who was checking who? We saw Dak Prescott constantly yeah. checking dudes. But who was checking who? Was the, was the coaches? I mean, maybe they're doing it behind the scene. You know how I feel about Kellen. I don't know that I necessarily believe he, he carried that type of weight. But – who was really checking who? I feel like Mike McCarthy was like, hey, Kellen, go ahead. <laughs> this is your thing, dog. This is what you want. Mm-hmm. You you want option yeah. routes. It, it ain't working. But you figure this thing out. And Dak is, is getting upset and trying to figure things out. And then you got C.D. Lamb and the tight ends trying to figure things out. But it didn't really seem like there was a, a hierarchy that, that was smooth. I, I think there is one now. I don't think you'll see too many, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, we're just going to let Kellen Moore – Figure this out. Now, I think Schottenheimer and McCarthy uh, know how to put those guys in the best position. And then when it doesn't work, I think there'll be a a, a very easy reason why it didn't. And, my, and I'm going to say this before I get off. 
my thing is like this. How can you respect the dude, even though he's your coach now, how can you respect the dude and you took his job as a rookie, even though he got hurt? How can you really, like, if this dude trying to yell at you, you got to look at him like, really? He wasn't half as good as me. Like, sit your ass down somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't tell me Dak ain't never thought about that. Like, man, who the hell you think he's talking to? 100%. Like, look, man, he ain't never going to come out and say it. But but one hundred percent. Come on, I don't want to use the word disrespect, um, but but let's just be real. He probably didn't have that fear that that coaches usually instill on players, mm-hmm. and not because like oh I'm scared that he going to do something to me. But no, like there there mm-hmm. is a little bit of fear factor of man. If I don't do this, man, coach might he might get on me or he he might bench mm-hmm. me or he might pull a couple snap. Like there is none of that with no Kellen Moore. Let's be real. It was never that. <laughs> but all right, Scott, man, thanks for taking my call, man. Y'all have a good one, Cowboy Nation. Oh, well, yeah, one more thing, man. What's that? Uh, I'm a new I'm a new uncle today. Hey. My just had a baby, baby girl, so thank you all. Thank you all. Congratulations, man. Hey, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to holler at you, Cowboy Nation. Peace. Salute. Uncle Reek. Might have to change your name to Uncle Reek. By the way, speaking of having babies and whatnot, shout out to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, this past weekend, if you celebrated Mother's Day, if you're in the chat, happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to my wonderful mother. Um, and happy Mother's Day to Cowboys Nation mothers out there. Uh, look, y'all got the hardest goddamn job in the world, man. The hardest job in the world. Y'all are the backbone of our family. So salute to y'all and hope y'all enjoyed your Mother's Day. Nah, <laughs> Uncle Rick, hey, I'm Uncle Mr. My Thing Is. Yeah, yeah. Band says, you really think Kellen tells Dak after a horrible play? What the F you thinking? No. No. No, 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 no. And when I brought this up to my man, Jesse, we reached out to, uh, I almost say coach, but he was a coach here. He was a coach, Kitna. We specifically asked about the relationship and how difficult is it to really coach Essentially, your peer is who that was at the time, you know, Dak and Kellen early on because they they were on the same staff when Kellen, I believe, was the quarterback's coach. Maybe he might have been office. I can't remember. Yeah, he was the office coordinator 2019. And, you know, Kitna said, yeah, it was it it can be difficult. It can be it can be difficult because you, you can't you can't really coach said player. But there was a mutual respect level. All in all, what Kitna was saying was, yeah, that that was a weird situation, but they respected each other enough to where it didn't get in the way. And I believe that. It probably didn't, quote unquote, get in the way. There probably wasn't arguments or weird feelings going around that, that locker room. But I don't think you can fully get the best out of a player when you're a buddy-buddy with him like that. I just don't believe in that. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be hella wrong. But that's just kind of how I feel, y'all. All right, last caller of the morning, Deshaun. What's good, Deshaun? What up, Scott? What up with you? Good morning. Uh, not much. Uh, shout out to all the most happy most day. I have to pull my mind real quick. Lord Jesus. Um, <laughs> so I know, like, she literally, literally, she busted me. So what happened? Let me tell you a quick story before I get into it. So I went and I was going around shopping and everything. And so apparently, like, I had to cash out people. The problem was she has the email through my cash app. So when I'm cash app and she texts me out of nowhere, 
who is this? Why you spend all this money? Who are these people? So she kind of busted me and I had to tell her, like, Lord, I can't lie to my mama. So I was like, getting you surprised. So I got her, like, this GG purse, which is not Gucci, people. It's like a, like, it's like a little miniature purse. And I got her, like, uh, flowers and uh, did, And this is your mama? Mm-hmm. I did all this. Yeah. I spent over, what, $200? So, hey man, whatever, whatever to make <laughs> to make moms feel. I just told my son, I said, make sure, you know, you make make your mother feel appreciated for all the hard work uh, that she does in raising you. So whatever you got to do to make your moms feel appreciated, man. True. So uh, for one, so now let's get to business. So for one, Dan Quinn, I like how he shut down the Micah thing. It's 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 not up to Micah to do that. It's up to the coach to decide where he wants to play and how he wants to play. Ooh. Now, if Mike want to add weight to, <laughs> if Mike can, wants to add weight, can, can I? I'm, I'm sorry, but but <laughs> as you said that 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 is a perfect example of what we were just talking about with Dak and Kellen, like Michael mm-hmm. Parsons, who has the most juice to say whatever the hell he wants, said what he said, and Dan Quinn came out and said, first of all, you ain't rap long enough, okay." I determine where you go. You think Kelly ain't gonna come out and tell and say that? No, but Dan Quinn will, nope. and, and and so that's a perfect example of the two opposites in regards to coaching. Continue. So, but yeah, like I said, he he has like he has a system, he has a game plan. So think about it, Scott. Who was the worst defense in twenty twenty? It was us, correct? The worst defense when, you said? when it came down when we had. Uh, I was asking who was the worst defense. Like who was like who was oh. the worst defense in the NFL? Oh, uh, we had the worst. We we had the worst defense in in the history of Cowboys mm-hmm. football that year. So yeah. Bingo. So he came in. Dan Quinn came in two years, and we now became one of the top five. Yeah. Kids. And that wasn't through like it was through discipline. It was through fundamentals, and that's what I feel like the office needs. So if you think about it, every time we get into a situation where the stakes are up high, everything's here. What usually happens? Either the defense fell on us or the offense fell on us. It's never balanced. It's never we're playing on one accord. So what I like is that all the coaches, all of them, are on one accord. So they're all thinking yeah. the same thing, which is we. They're not thinking statistics. They're not thinking of running the score up. They're thinking, hey, let's get in, do what we got to do, win, and get out. And I feel like we're changing the culture to back to the old cowboy way, which is I want to punch you in the mouth. I want to know that I want I want you to know that I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Then I'm gonna do it anyway, and I'm continue to do it until you do something about it. Yeah, that, that, there's two sides to that because we were kind of like that under Garrett, where it was like, "Hey, look, we don't care. Y'all know what we're gonna do. This is what we're doing, no matter if we play in the parking lot, if we play in space, if we play home or away. That that's just kind of what they were gonna do. And it had its moments, and it didn't have its moments. So you got to have the ability to adapt. And I, and I think that's what McCarthy's doing. I think by having Brian Schottenheimer be the play designer. It'll allow him not to become stagnant and stale. Uh, so, so I think there is a there's a good mix of self evaluation of of their past selves. Talking about McCarthy and Dan Quinn, right? Dan Quinn switched it up, but but they're on the same page. You know, Dan Quinn talked about wanting to play fast, play smart, and I have these guys think so much out there. McCarthy said the same thing. And if you got both sides of the ball doing that, you hope they are executing at the top level at the same time. Because, like you said, it was always peanut butter, no jelly. There was always cereal, no milk. The beginning of the year, the defense was phenomenal. They were carrying this team. The second half of the year, the defense was was very sketchy, and the offense was kind of carrying this team. Getting to the playoffs, it flipped back to the other side. On one game, the offense and defense were great. The other game, 
Defense was great. Offense was not. So there was never really that synergy throughout the season. Um, and it's not always going to be perfect, right? But you want to have that identity, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys really didn't on, on both sides of the ball, if we're being frank. But but I think they'll have an identity uh, moving forward. And then the final thing, me personally, I think, like, having things so fundamentally sound, it's like sometimes people forget whenever you get into a fighting or get into a boxing match, people don't forget everything's not so flashy-flashy. Sometimes you need the fundamentals to be able to – to execute, and when you don't have fundamentals, or when you don't understand what's going on, and you have a you have rookies and other people, and like Kellen Moore, quote unquote, having to spend ten hours to understand a play compared to uh, Kendarius Tony, where it took him like what, like a few hours, and he's <laughs> ready to go. That you have to be able to fundamentally sound and have a system to be able to win games, especially this year, Scott. We got one of the toughest schedules in the year. Yeah, I think I I think we'll have, I think we'll have a a system for sure, and I think it'll be a, a quarterback friendly, receiver friendly system. No, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm Dak. Hey, Dak, this year ain't no excuses now. I don't want to hear no excuses this year. I'm 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 Team Dak, but it's it's time. It's time to deliver. So that's how you got to me. Indeed, man. Appreciate the show. It's time. To deliver. Shout out to my bro Vach in the building. Vach was around the way yesterday. We linked up, went to uh, Sidecar Social, had a good time, man. Yep, my, my, my brother's growth is just amazing. Just amazing. So I see you, you made it back. You made it back, Vach, unless, you, unless you're listening on the way down. But Austin to Houston is a drive, my man. That's a drive. You got that one. But appreciate you, big dog. All right, that's it for the calls today. We'll get into the chat here, and we'll get to some Super Chats in a second. But before we do that, got to tell you all about Boston Scientific, of course. In the U.S., more than 39 million men suffer from ED, and if you're one of them, hit up Boston Scientific. They have developed a process to help you find the best cure. You take a free online assessment. You can share it with your doctor. We do have the ad in the link in the description. So you can hit that ad or hit that link and it'll take you to the website. You take an assessment test and boom, it'll hook you up with what you need to find your best cure. Again, that's edcure.org brought to you by Boston Scientific. It ain't hard, but you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live. At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the million of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. <laughs> That's a good one, Quan. Only Boston Scientific allows you to have energy like a rookie, but perform like a vet. Bars. I might, I might, I might develop a Boston Scientific line contest. Y'all be killing it here. Y'all be killing it. Uh, G, absolutely right. G. Keller was a play designer, not a play caller. As a play caller or game manager, you have to learn how to manage the game for four quarters. Absolutely. This is something that Coach McCarthy won't come flat out and say, but through hints, through breadcrumbs, 
That's kind of what we're talking about, right? Situational football, 100%. Tom said, did Brumley drive us? No, he did not. But Brumley better look out for us when we go back to uh, camp, which we going back to camp. Speaking into existence. Speaking into existence. All right, let's get to some of these super chats as we end the show today. Which honestly was low key kind of freestyle towards the back end, but we figured it out. We figured it out. I know y'all probably like, well, Sky, why don't we talk about the schedule? One day at a time. We'll do some schedule talk tomorrow. Maybe we'll, I don't know. I was going to do some um, Brian Schottenheimer interview stuff tomorrow, but we, we kind of talked a lot about him today. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll revisit that. But I definitely want to get to the schedule stuff. Uh, because it's it's a it's an interesting schedule. There's some things that I want to nitpick about it, and I got a hot take. I got a little hot take about it. Y'all know me. I don't even like predicting records. I hate that. I get its clicks. I get in our job, our, our, my field. We kind of got to do that from time to time. I usually stay away from it, but I got a prediction. It's not a whole season prediction. It's a part of the season prediction that I want to save for tomorrow. All right, let's, uh, I think we cool, actually. Perfect. Are we good here? Let's get over here. Uh, we got 100 days, guys. Really? Huh. 100 days. D-Shift says, schoolmaker 4-5 guy. Yeah, 4-5 something, 4-6 something. And, I, and this is why I wanted our guest to come on here, because I, I wanted to ask her this question about, uh, okay, cool, about, about schoolmaker. Because when I looked at some of these pictures, y'all, in regards to schoolmate. He look a lot bigger than he does on film. Dude looks huge. And, and, and if he's a big guy like that, they might be doing some things with him one on one with the, with the ends or possibly coming down even top, you know, that that are going to be unique for the position from a blocking standpoint. And then the past stuff is just kind of a, a bonus. But nonetheless, he, he kind of came off a little bigger. Uh, from a football side standpoint than I expected when I saw some of those pictures. So are we sure this isn't a defense end? I mean, look, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do that tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not going to ruin the content, but we'll do that tomorrow. I already see some, some of you guys dropping the records. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. George Adams dropped a paragraph and says some fans and naysayers think that the offense won't rank as high when they had Madden cruiser. Kellen Moore was driving the bus, but at the end of the day, it was about efficiency using the least amount of effort with maximum results. I like it. That's what I think McCarthy and Schottenheimer will bring to the offense. We may take a dip. The offense may not be the number one scoring offense. It may not be the number five scoring or uh, uh, yards per game offense. But if this system is what we think it's going to be, I still think it'll be an efficient system. I still think it'll be an offense. That if we're being if we're being honest, from a from an individual standpoint, you'll have to prepare differently for it because Brandon Cooks is here. Brandon Cooks makes you do things differently on that back end. Depending how they align CD Lamb, he may make you have to do things differently on that back end. Tony Pollard's the feature now, right? Not Ezekiel Elliott. So you, the way you equipped your second level or third level might be a little bit different now. We'll see who RB2 is. But but if it but but if Vaughn is used, you know, a guy who touches the ball eight to nine times a game, that's different. 
than how you would have had to approach it in years past because now you got two guys who are electrifying and make you miss and, and can take it to the crib. So may not be as prolific, but they may have to prepare differently because they have more to deal with. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. All right, let's, I'm going to leave it at that. I think this ended very, very smoothly compared to what we were going to do today, but we'll, we, we will revisit tomorrow. We'll talk more about the rookies tomorrow. My apologies, y'all. Um, and, we'll, and, and we'll be all right. We'll talk about it tomorrow, and we'll be all right. But I do have a lot of notes uh, from our guest tomorrow where she saw some of the things down there, and we'll dive into it. Plus, we'll get into the uh, actual schedule and talk about what we believe, some 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 good things, some bad things, what we like, what we didn't like about the schedule. So a lot of stuff still going on this week. And then obviously the veterans will be joining the Cowboys rookies next week. So we got a lot to get to. We ain't at the dead period yet. Not yet. Soon, but not yet. If you enjoyed today's show, please, 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 please do me a favor and hit that like button. If you are new, you just jumped in and you like the feel, but you can't Join the bomb squad in the comments. It's because you have to be a subscriber. You don't got to be if you don't want to be. But that's how you join this whole thing. Is to be a subscriber. No VOT show later on today. My man is driving back home. But we will have a show for Mauricio Rodriguez. A to Z Sports. Prime time. So I will see y'all tomorrow. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Uh, Not later today, but tomorrow. With that said... I'm going to go ahead and press this button and get the heck up out of here, man. Peace! What's like, why my thing ain't working? <laughs> we good. Uh, let's see. I don't know either, Rolo. That's just how I be, but it's all good, man. If you are in here and you do want to support for free, all at the same time, just press like, man. It'll be all right. Appreciate your INC. Good calls today. Good chat as always. Love y'all. See you tomorrow. Peace.